between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Oh, Shema. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We receive your presence, Jesus. We receive you, Jesus. Receive you, Jesus. Receive you. Thank you. Paharanashta Paharanashta. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Bless your name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 
Father, we bless your name today. just love you tonight, our Lord. Just open our hearts. We open our hearts. We open our hearts. We welcome you, Son of God. Thank you. Thank you for this visitation by your spirit, by your angel. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we receive mercy tonight. We connect mercy with our heart. We find it, we obtain it from you, Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus.
Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.
Glory to your name, our Lord. We just bless you. Thank you for tonight. We receive function and direction for this feast which you have prepared for us today. Come and elevate our hearts into this blessed place of great privilege to fellowship with the thoughts of your son. Thank you, our Father. We bless you. I ask that everyone be blessed tonight. Father, thank you for even grace. Grace, Lord. Grace. Grace to fetch for our souls to stretch and extend into this realm in the spirit to fetch forth blessing. Thank you, our Father. We give you glory. Use my tongue, Lord, and use my heart and use me, Lord, to speak your word. Help me, Father, to find the right thought, to follow the right path, the right way to find your blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Good evening to you. Praise God. Please just say good evening to somebody. Amen. It's like we've, we've spent time. Um, praise God for God. The Lord will help us tonight. Amen. Let's, let's open our Bibles to... Um, The book of Ephesians. Praise God. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's read from first from first John. First John chapter two. Amen. Please appreciate my wife for helping us today. Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. First John chapter two. Amen. Um, let us read from uh, verse verse five. First John chapter two, verse five. Amen. Shall they say Amen? <coughs> Says that but whoso keepeth his word that in him verily is the love of God perfected. And hereby know we that we are in him, amen, that he, he that said he abided in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Praise God. And then he said, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment 
which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past, and the what the true light now shineth. Then verse 9 <clears throat> says that he that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now, right? And he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath done what? Blinded his eyes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So in verse from verse seven, um, he said he said he um, is addressing um, these people. Praise God. Um, okay, if we look at verse nine, that's where he began to explain what he was speaking about when he said a new commandment I'm giving to you. He said this commandment you actually had it before, but it was. Actually, you had it before in a form which was covered by which was covered by darkness. Praise God. Because you had it, he said it's a new commandment, but yet it's the same commandment which you actually had from um, the where from the beginning. Praise God. Um, so the word had in verse seven, do you see it? So he had it, they had it from the beginning. I write no new commandment, but an old commandment which he had from the beginning. Then it now says the old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. So they had it, then they also heard it. Praise the Lord. So this commandment, like I said, is the, what well, is beginning is not God's own beginning. This beginning is because if you say you had it from the beginning, of course, we know there is a beginning before the beginning of man, which is the definition of beginning that is in God. Am I correct? But this one is talking about the beginning of man because it's, it's making it, it's saying it with reference to man having something. So men had, man had it from their beginning. And of course, we know the beginning of man was when God breathed into Adam. Am I correct? So he's saying that from that point where man began, that man had this commandment. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's very clear that commandment here is not necessarily saying what someone told you. Praise God. You know, we have that sense that, oh, I was commanded. Someone said, go do this. And of course, that's also correct. But the word commandment can also be used for a sitting law within the heart of a person, like that a person had. So Adam, from the beginning, he had the commandment. He just had it. It was given to him. It was actually breathed into him. The breath of God was actually commandments that were in, into, in his heart. Praise God. So, so man had that commandment. Then he got to seasons when that commandment was, of course, seen 
began to threaten the commandment in man, began to erode it, just began to delete it from the pages of the books, of the, of the tablet of the heart, like where God had put this commandment. Then man moved from a season into another season where they now had to begin to hear. Do you agree with me? They had to begin to what? They had to begin to hear the commandment. Amen. So that's what they are saying here, that this, if you are able to track the history of this commandment, that man first had it, then he began to hear it by word. Praise God. You understand what I'm saying? He had it, then he began to what? To hear it by word, which the Lord began to use different means to begin to speak of the same commandment. So every, every word that God brought forth, which are the word which God brought to man since man, God, since man came in the beginning and man began to operate on the earth as a living soul, then when the season came for God to begin to replicate, not replicate, but to begin to reinforce the laws, try to reinforce and to preserve the laws that were in man, he came in two dimensions. He came as the law and the prophets. Praise God. So the, the word coming, that word, right from the beginning, am I correct? It came, first of all, actually, we say law and prophet, but the prophetic era started before the law. Uh, do you agree with me? That the prophetic era did, started before what? The law, because we know, if, for example, Abraham was a prophet. And it's very clear by when you really understand the meaning of prophet, you know that also even Adam was a prophet too. Praise God. So a prophet is just anybody who carries God's word. Right? Anybody who carries the word of God is a prophet. Praise God. And so um, the, the prophetic era came in before the law. Right, but before the law came, men were prophesying. Men were prophesying through the Spirit, but were able to read the. They were able to read the. The will that God has committed to man by the Spirit. That's what Adam was able to read. That's how he was able to raise his children, Abel, and Co. and Cain. Praise God. Now. Um, after a while, the law came. The law was more of a crystallization um, of the same kind of law which God had given to man. Right? Well, more like make it more external because there will be a time when you cannot, you might not be able to depend on, pro, of, on pure prophetic operation, of pure prophetic giving of that word. That you have to put it in a form where even somebody who doesn't have spirit, you have to bring it into the natural, in a place where it can be written, that men can actually see it without spirit. Praise God. So it's just, when you say the law, the law just means where the law was just a, it was, um, the law was a, a version, a version of the law that God had committed to man, but God moved it brought it into a version that is void of spirit. He brought it out of the spirit and laid it flat and then gave it to man. That's just all the law is. The law and the prophet, they are saying the same thing. 
It's just that the, the prophet, you can't have prophecy without spirit. Right? So the prophets, according to that order, you know, each prophet has his own order. So the prophets, according to the will of man, the prophets who were prophesying for the work of the preservation of man's own will, you know, they are not the same order. It was, Jesus was the first prophet who was able to, to move into a higher prophetic ministry to prophesy concerning the will of God. Do you understand that? But before that, men were prophesying, but they were prophesying according to the order of the will that God had committed to man. Like we're seeing on Saturday, that that will is what they, they spoke about in John chapter 1, what they call the will of man. Praise God. Now, so you see the will of man, you see that's where you begin to touch the provision of God. God did not give will of flesh. Oh, wait, let me not say that. God, God gave will of flesh, but God did not give will of flesh as a spiritual, for a spiritual entity. Do you, you get what I'm saying? God, did not, did, God never gave the will of flesh to Adam. That was, so the will of flesh, the borrowed will, that men went descended below themselves to the world of animals. That's actually where the will of flesh came from. Is that the, the will of flesh is an animalistic will. Right? So it's not the will that God did not design the will for man to live. It's the lowest will that man can, can live by. Praise the Lord. So but for prophets were raised after the order. That's why you will never find a prophet out of the will of flesh. Although you find some, but you find those ones that are anointed by the devil. <laughs> they, are not, they are not anointed by God. You know what I mean? So anybody who's anointed, who, who can carry the will of flesh and preach it to a spiritual creature. Right? So you are, you are trying to preach the will of flesh to an, a creature that God did not design to hear that will. God did not design man to hear that will. But some preach, some people, let me know, what am I saying preacher? Let me just say people. Some people have been anointed by the devil, praise the Lord, to preach the will of flesh. To now preach, they preach life on the earth without consciousness of anything spiritual. It's an abuse of man. Man wasn't made to live by such a will. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, the, this, um, so you saw the prophetic started before the law, but that the prophetic before the law was a prophetic, but a prophetic dispensation that was lower than the will of God. That it was Jesus who was the first prophet. Praise God. He was the first prophet who could stand and prophesy, but be able to bring the prophecy from a higher life or the prophecy of what? A higher, a higher will. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, so this commandment, you see, was the commandment that man had from the beginning. Are you following me? Praise God. A prophecy that man had from the commandment man had from the beginning, right? But then had to now begin to be speaking, spoken to them now. Now when he says, he said a new commandment, but um, this commandment is, is not the same commandment. It's, this, it's a type of the commandment. That's why he's saying it's, it's the same commandment, no new commandment. It's the same thing. But because you've heard it in a type before. But the type where you've heard that commandment is that you've heard it 
under a covering of darkness, or under a season of darkness, right? So you've heard the so you've heard a version of the commandment that can be spoken in darkness. Do you get what I'm saying? That so, but when this commandment is brought into a dark arena where there is darkness, amen, like when the law came, right? The law came into where? Came to meet man in a season of darkness, right? There was a time of them who sit in darkness, not in the right sense, but in the wrong sense. Praise the Lord. That season is when um, the Lord had to so the praise the Lord. The Lord had to to move. God had to change the season of man. He had to change. When you say light, light is not light is foreign. Praise God. If you when you really really think about it, when you really think about it, um, if you really think about it, God did not really create man with light. I mean the original light, right? Adam was operating under a kind of a light. But that light, in the grand scheme of things, that light is not really light. It was still dark. God wanted Adam to break through into, into light. Like, so I'm speaking of light in the sense of what John is talking about. You know, John had a different concept of light. Before when John came and began to write all these epistles, he wasn't writing to unbelievers. Wasn't writing to baby. He was writing to Christians, but who have journeyed to a place where they can now begin to learn a new definition of light. They want to in, want to introduce you into to the light. They want to introduce you to the realm of light. To the to the being. No light is a being. Uh, he is the one who said God is light. Are you getting what I'm saying? So until until a man journeys to God, he cannot find. For example, why would Jesus say, "I am the light of the world"? Right, so what Jesus was clearly saying is that before me there was no light in the world. Even so, it means that all your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them, even Adam, they were all operating under what darkness. Praise God. Then he got to the time he said, "Darkness is past, because the true light shined." Are you getting what I'm saying? Those so that what darkness is past is talking about the passage of an era of darkness. There was an expiry of a time when man should live under what? A covering of darkness. What is darkness? Darkness is, is just simply darkness, a state of darkness in his soul. It's a state of being veiled from the creator. That's just the meaning of darkness. Any time when his soul is in a state where they are, the creator has not been unveiled to them because that creator is the light Do you understand what I'm saying? So that light, for example, you say, who alone had immortality dwelling in light, which no man, no man had seen, had ever seen. It wasn't, no man had ever actually seen it. Of all these great men who have existed and who have walked with God to, to, the, the, to a varying degrees, that none of them had actually seen that light that God is in. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. So, so we are talking about John in his epistle. He actually wants to bring a transition into 
the season of life. You see a Christian who is born again, who has journeyed with the Lord, who has journeyed in Christ for a long time, they will come to him and say, it's now time for you to pass from darkness into light, to move from darkness into light. Praise the Lord. Christ is the man who can journey out of darkness. Right? Who is the person who God's light comes to. The person who is qualified to receive the light of God. Amen. Amen. So you've seen this thing about the, creature, the, sorry, the commandment. Right? You understand that language. That, so he said where well, you had it, praise God. And then which you have heard, then heard from the beginning. Now again, so what he's telling is that the, proph- the prophecy concerning these things actually started from the beginning. The reinforcement of these things started from the beginning. Now again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. So he's he's speaking about this commandment, and I'm telling you that this commandment now is true. It's true in him and it's true in you. It's him and in you. That's a very key statement. For it to be true in him and in you, it means that because you have come into a realm where you can, they can now move away the, the, the version of that commandment which men use in darkness. And I open you up to another version of the commandment. The same kind of commandment, but a different version of it. But it's the version that is existing in light. The, the version that those who have been illuminated can use. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So he says that version is true in him. So that's the version of this commandment that's true in him. Are you getting a sense of what I'm saying? Now when God says come to you, say they love your neighbor. Love, 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 love. Now when God is saying that to you, from when he leaves his mouth, he knows what he's saying. That word has a meaning inside of him. There's a way when God is talking of love, there's something they are talking about. In their own, their own understanding of comprehension of what love means. But once he says it to, let's say, just a regular person, as it's traveling, as it's traveling, once it moves out of the realm of their light, it changes its form. And it, when it's landing to you, you can never be hearing what God is saying. So, God, some words can travel from God very, very far, but as it's moving, it is changing. By the time it lands at the soul, it has come into a version that is compatible. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Praise God. So, um, so this thing is, is so we're talking about this dimension of learning is that you want to begin to now learn the the, the way, the things of the version of things, of thoughts, of counsel, but lend them in a way that they are true in, in God, the way they sit in God. God has his own version of everything. When you say life, what life means to a carnal man, when, then when they discuss life in the Godhead, they are so, there's something else that they are talking about. So every word, everything has meaning according to their light. So it's according to what light you use that determines what meaning. You know, that is a, it's also a principle that also manifests in the natural. One of the very vivid, clear example is the currency note. When you just come under the sun, 
which has a UV light and everything, um, but not at the same, um, the same intensity, praise God, as some special lights, right? So when you look at it, you know, there are things you might not see, but take it away into some other kind of light, it will illuminate it a different way, and you begin to see some other things that you were not seeing before. Praise God. In fact, the, when you study the principle, or those who are physicists who have studied physics, or maybe engineering, whether mechanical or whatever, when you understand how vision operates, right, you know that, that everything you see now, how do I differentiate between brown and black? For example, if there's no light at all, I won't see anything. Right. But there's a light you can bring here that both this black and brown will look the same. Do you agree with me? Then there's a light, like this white light. Now, white light then almost makes everything, you can see the accurate thing. Do you get what I'm saying? So the way vision works is that for you to see something, you cannot see without a light source that is independent of yourself. Another light source. So what I'm seeing, why I'm seeing this as black is because light is coming from these bulbs. It's coming to this surface. This surface alters the direction, the wavelength, the frequency. Colors alter wavelength and frequency of light. And it is the reflection of the light from this surface that's coming into my eyes. And then my eyes can differentiate different wavelengths and frequencies. So because my eyes can see the wavelength and frequency of brown, it's different from that of black. You can ask us how we can differentiate between both colors. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just a purely physical concept. That's how light works. But it's the same thing in the spiritual. So the law is that what you see, um, something can have the same essence, but how you see it will depend on what light you are what you are using. Praise God. So that's why Jesus can come and sit here now. If he wants, he can even come physically. His presence can come into the room, let's say spiritually, where hearts can discern him in the soul. Right? You can have a meeting where you say, wow, the Lord visited us today. We've had some meetings where I'm too sure that the Lord Jesus was with us. Right? But that discernment of him everybody will be different. It's the same being who came into the meeting, who is present, but everybody's own perception will be what they take from what they can take from his presence or from his person is different. What makes it different is because of the light that is they are that they are privileged to, that they have privilege to. That is the light that's been cast on him. And based on what light that's how we determine what you are receiving. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That's why when they talk about seeing God, seeing him, seeing the most first, they have to deal with you. It's a great work. They must, they must change your light, the light that is in you. Praise the Lord. Like Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 6, the light of the body is the eyes. If the eyes be single, the body will be full of light. If it's evil, the body will be full of darkness. And if the light that is in you is darkness, how great what? How great is it? That darkness. So what is the, what they are telling you is that, you see, 
You see, evil. Praise God. Evil, you can connect evil to light. Right? It is how, it's based on a person's light. That's what determines how, what they can experience. Yeah. If you have darkness in you, and you're using darkness to live, darkness will be illuminating things that pertain to darkness. Now, things that darkness can see, it will be showing them to you. Right? You see, with, when you're living on the world, you see with your light. Everybody's seeing with their light. What light do you use? That's the light you see with. How you see the world, how you see, how you see life, how you see everything is based on the light that you're using. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So that's why, you see, Christianity growing spiritually is actually a journey of lights. It's a journey of they are just bringing lights to you, bringing lights to you. You have to, you have to go from light to light to light to light to light to light. Changing your light. They are changing. When you use this light and use this light and then you finish everything or you have come into the, the, the prosperity in what those the things which that light can illuminate. You say, okay, it's time to change light now. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? So this is another sense of development. You know, sometimes we focus on objective materials which you can get from the spirit. But we don't pay enough attention to the light you are using. You get so sometimes you say, well, I want God and I want him now. I desire God, I desire him now, I want him now. Display all of those things. We want God like that. But we don't pay attention to the instrument by which he can be seen. It's by light. You openly perceive your perception of God cannot be greater than the, the dispensation of light. That you are on now. Praise God. Imagine God wanting to give you, make you see Him the way He is. But once He jumps to front to your front, He's like He changes. I'm always changing. And what He wants you to see is not what you see. It's very hard for Him for you to see what He wants you to see because of the light that you have. You are, we are limited by light. Light limits us. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. So, so the, the, this, um, the, one of the reasons, like when, you, when you begin to reach this demarcation of moving from life to everlasting life, the reason why there is it's a very great boundary to cross is because there is a major change of light in that boundary. In fact, that's the time when you actually cross darkness into real accurate light. What the Bible calls the true light. That's what you call the true light. Christ is a light too. But Christ is not the true light. Because Christ is a creature. The creature cannot be the true light. Even though a creature can contain truth. Christ is truth. Christ is truth. Say truth. Christ is truth. But there's what you call the true. 
true is called the true has to do with God. So the time when you begin to relate with the true is when you begin to deal with the very, very life of God. And we're saying that the season of that light begins from when the Father right, begins to deal with you. Right? So the Father is the person who introduces light, the season of light, to his soul. Are we making sense here? So I think all we are just trying to do is that we're just, we're just laboring. We are laboring to break from darkness. We are laboring to pass from darkness into light. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, <clears throat> let's read on. It says, again, a new commandment I write to you. That's verse 8, right? Uh, which thing is true in him and in you? Because the darkness is past, right? And the true light now shineth. So this thing is talking about true light. You see what he's saying? Now, he has something he wants to, to impart to them. He has a doctrine he wants to teach to them. But what he's saying to them is that the reason why I can now begin to talk about these things to you is because we have moved you into a season where you, can, you have delight through which these things can be said. Do you see what I'm saying? You have the light through the light that can illuminate these thoughts is present. Because you cannot bring the ministry before the light comes. You will say it and they won't hear it. You, you can't, this thing cannot be seen. There's a light that illuminates this thing. <laughs> Do you see that? So, so this light is the true light. Verse 8. So the season of the true light. Then verse 9 now says, He that saith he is in the light, and then hated his brother, is in darkness even until now. So he's now beginning to, he wants to demarcate and show you, okay, where, what are the signs or what are the prerequisites for this light? Do you believe what I'm trying to say to you? That what are the prerequisites? He's drawing the line. That, so, see this thing called hating your brother is that so the sign, what makes this light come is when the commandment of loving your brother, when that commandment has been fulfilled, that's the commandment for this light to shine. So it means that anybody who is still struggling with hating their brother, you can talk all you want about everlasting life. You'll be saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. it can, they cannot trap it. They cannot see. There's something about that thing because to, to move, when you move into love of your brother, there's something it does to the heart. Nobody can love their brother and be the same. The to attain this thing called the love of the brethren is a very, very key. It is it's a key thing. That is the thing that authorizes the shining of this light. The light that can unveil everlasting things can never come to a heart who has not fulfilled this commandment. You will not see the true light. They won't give privilege to see the true light. And this light 
You might say, oh, me. ah, no, we can't get it. Like, talk about everlasting life. Just show me the principle. You will not see it. You will not see it. You will not see it. You always summarize it and resolve it to something that it's not. Praise the Lord. So he says, he that, he that said he is in the, in the light and hated his brother is in darkness even until now. But he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. Are you seeing it? And then when he's abiding in the light, then there is no occasion of stumbling in him. So it means that stumbling occurs in the absence of this light. So it's very, it means that the, the, the love of the brethren is very powerful. That imagine something that can remove occasions of stumbling. He's not saying that you will manage not to stumble. No, he's saying that when you are able to love, perfect this love of the brethren, it will remove occasions of stumbling. What does that mean? It means that this loving, perfecting this love makes you, takes you above to a place that things that make souls stumble can no longer affect you. No, say no occasion. No occasion of stumbling. But he that hated his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Praise God. Now when you read this Hated his brother in darkness. You are thinking one very bad person. When you see, when you see somebody walking in darkness, hey, this one is a <laughs> devil, right? But this thing, this walk here is not talking about, no. It's not talking about people who are in hell or people who are almost at, at lake or something. These, are, these people are actually walkers. They are walkers, but I, I, I bet you, in this, among these people who walk here, you will find those who are walking in Christ. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Those who are walking in Christ, but they are still walking in darkness. This is the scripture. So maybe it's my challenge, some of your, your theology. What do you mean? Someone is walking in Christ. Well, yeah. 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 Praise God. When you're walking in Christ, you're walking by a light, but there is a realm where that light is darkness. That's why you must never, no matter the light you feel you have, you must never feel like, wow, we've, we've summarized this thing. Wow. Some of us think maybe we can summarize God. Well, well, we don't know. We have no clue at all, at all, at all, about God Himself. Who we know is Christ. And you make a mistake to assume that God and Christ are just the same thing. They are not. Christ is a great man, of course. Christ is a wonder, of course. Christ is a great treasure, of course he is. But Christ has a head. And human said they are not the same. He knows that me, I have a head. It's called the head of Christ. The head of Christ. God God is the head of Christ. There's a difference between them. 
There's a difference between God and his Christ. God and his Christ. The Christ is his property. Is his, crea- his creature. A Christ is his work. He, just, he walked him out and then he set his boundaries. He set the boundary of his Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? He set his boundary and then God set his, also his limitation. God set the limitation of his Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So this love of the brother, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him, but he that hateth his brother. So you see this hating your brother can occur. Somebody, so the person who can hate his brother, of course, is somebody who has not perfected the love of Christ. Right? He can still have hatred for his word, for his brother. So such a person walks in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath what blinded his eyes. Praise God. Now, um, it's very clear that did you see this commandment about when you say his brother, his brother, brother, brother. It's very clear that this commandment is not talking about natural brotherhood. You said that. It's not your brother in the flesh. Right? And this, <laughs> praise the Lord, is not brotherhood in the flesh, right? It's brotherhood. Where? In Christ. Do you agree? It's brotherhood in Christ, but it's not brotherhood according to spirit. This is brotherhood in soul. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. Brotherhood in what? In soul. Because brotherhood in spirit, we have that as soon as you get born again. Right? Because we are all born and baptized into Christ in our spirit man when we get born again. So we share brotherhood in Christ. But you can't really call that thing brotherhood. It's not necessarily brotherhood. It's brotherhood in a sense in terms of identity. Uh-huh, identity. Right? <laughs> Do you agree with what I'm saying? Yes. What's the difference between spirit and soul? Let's say spirit and soul. Things that the spirit has versus what the soul has. Right? The spirit, what the spirit has is, is the... Because the spirit is the person. Right? The spirit is the man. You are a spirit. Like, let's say citizenship now. Someone can just, to become a citizen of Canada, it can just happen in one day. Just generate your passport or your citizenship document and you sign it. But when you put that signature, remember when you signed that thing? Those of us who are citizens, sorry. <laughs> Praise God. So, the day I did my own, that thing was very strange to me. Okay? Praise God. The day I did my own, that thing was a very strange something. 
I just went there and then they gave me the thing. You have to go and sign and all. Sign it. So I stood up from my chair to go and sign. So before I stood up, I was not a Canadian. I just, <laughs> I just went to go and sign the paper. And then when I came to sit down, I, I just became a Canadian. And I was trying to check maybe I will feel something different. <laughs> Was my wife also that asked me, was he, how does it feel to be a Canadian or something? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked me, hey, but what? There's, no, there's no difference. Is it still the same? Is it the same guy? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? <laughs> but when you, when, you, when you say real Canadians, in terms of the ideal of a nation, it's not in those who have papers. Yeah. <laughs> Do you agree with me? So you can see someone who, praise God. It has happened to me many times. Someone asked me, oh, where are you from? <laughs> when they say, where are you from? I don't know what they're asking me. <laughs> All right. But when I want to be mischievous, I just begin to say, well, I, I'm based in Ottawa and all that. Well, I know that's not what you're saying. They say, okay, but uh, where are you from? <laughs> Praise God. Now, now, when they say that, it's not because I'm black. Because there are some blacks, when you see them, if they tell you, oh, I'm Canadian, you might not ask them where you're from. Yeah. Or let's say in the U.S., when you, when you hear the way they, their culture, the way they are, you know, ah, this could be a black person from here. But there are blacks, and then there are other blacks, that when you see them, <laughs> just by them, you can tell that, no, all you have is paper. <laughs> yeah, tell me where you are from. Do <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes, so that's what I'm trying to tell you. So, but can you, when you go to a law court, can you, can you say that they are not citizens? No. 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 Identity. The law, the paper. Yeah, the law, they have rights to all kinds of things. Every right that somebody who always, who's a 14th, 15th generation American has, the person who just signed that paper has the exact same thing. When it comes to access to things, privileges, all of those things. They have the same thing. But when it comes to the culture, the nature, are you getting what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? But you, you now realize that what really makes the nation the nation is really the culture. It's not the paper that people sign. That's why now the, a lot of countries are having problems in the West that they just open their borders to every or any kind of human being to come. And then in the name of being, I don't know, being nice, being good, tolerant, and diverse, and all of that. <laughs> especially, especially in Europe. It has happened in Europe to a very sad level. There are places in Europe that, let's say a country like France, for example, can see almost a whole section of a whole city. Once you get there, it's a different country. 
they abide by different. There are places in, in France where they actually they live under Sharia law. Yes. Yeah. Neighborhoods. The police cannot dare come. Police, 911, where is the emergency? Where? They look at the address. I'm so sorry. But these are guys who they sign paper. But, but when you check, them, many of them are citizens by paper. But when you get to that place, you are not in that country. They imported their country to that place. They do all kinds of things. The things they used to do in their country, the way they treat women, the way they do, all of those things are happening right there. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Do you see it? Now, so, so are you seeing why God will not just open his own, will not just take you now and say, okay, check your name in the spirit. You're actually a Christ, so let's give you everything that a Christ. Let's bring you to, a, into, to the... <laughs> you hear what I'm trying to say? Even though when they check your spirit, that is who you are. You have access. But that thing you have access to, you, you must change culturally. Your soul must morph and change into that thing before it can, even though you have a right to that place, but before you can, they can bring you, right, and give you that thing, you must change into the image of that place. Are you seeing the, impo- the importance of soul? So soul is where it is. Even you, even though where you are, this, you are a spirit. Your spirit carries the identity. But when it comes to the working out, the living, the day to day, which is where all the meaning is, the meaning is not in the spirit. The meaning is in the soul. The identity is in the spirit, but the meaning is in the soul. If you say this is a Christ, and they want to check, okay, what is what? I've never heard Christ before. What is a Christ? I don't know what a Christ is. Praise God. They say, then you now say, okay, look at this spirit. Study that spirit, man. You know what a Christ is. You can never know what a Christ is by looking at that spirit, man. If they want to show you what a Christ is, they must bring a soul that has become a Christ. By watching that soul live out the crystals, you can know what a Christ is. Amen. Like, if you want to display the culture, who is an American? How are, who is an American? How are Americans? Don't bring an immigrant that just came from Oshodi. And then he just signed. Then somehow something happened. He just signed his citizenship. I say, okay, because are you an American? They check the book. Oh, yeah, he's an American. Okay, yeah, now can you come and give a talk about American values and American? What will he say? He has no clue about it. <laughs> Or they say, okay, such a person, they want, to, they want to hire people in the State Department to work as, right, in an, um, almost an ambassadoral, on a mission to another country to represent the nation. And they just bring this fresh person. He has rights. But when he wants to do that job interview, they will never, he can never. Why? Because you can't represent the country. The paper as a citizen is not enough. You must actually have the ideals. You must embody the culture. You must embody the nation. 
Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So the meaning is in the soul. Anything that you are in your spirit, but not in your soul, has no meaning. Even though it's valid, something can be valid, but not meaningful. So this new creation reality thing, people are, they are enjoying the validity of the identity, but they let go of the meaning. Oh, we can just do and be anything as long as we are Christ, we are going to heaven. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Are you seeing that? Praise the Lord. Am I saying something to you? Uh-huh. So this thing called brother is not brotherhood as in, in spirit, in terms of someone getting born again. If that's the case, everybody's a brother. Then, then you say everybody who is a Christian, John is speaking concerning you here. But that's not the truth. So these people who are called brethren are those who have attained brotherhood in their soul. Do you agree? To Attain brotherhood means they've been born into uh, of the same logos. They've been born of the same thought. They've been born of the same will, which is the highest thought and the highest will in Christ. They are embodiment of the highest ideals in Christ. Do you get what I'm saying? These are those who we call brother. Amen. Amen. So it, it's very clear that those who we mention as brother here, when you say love your brother, hate and don't hate your brother, in the verse, in verse 9 and then verse 10 and verse 11, right? It's very clear that those people are not everybody, that those people are the people he called brethren, verse 7. Right? So he's telling brethren, love your brother. Brethren, love your brother. You are a brethren. Love your brother. Do you agree? Yes. Amen. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Okay. Now, brotherhood is a brotherhood, when you say in the spirit, brotherhood is a preparation for something. You must fulfill brotherhood. To fulfill something higher. You must fulfill brotherhood to do what? To fulfill something higher. Now, what Christ is actually meant to fulfill is something higher than brotherhood. But to fulfill it, amen, you must first have fulfilled the command of brotherhood.
so it's very clear that the the what brotherhood is training a soul for is for um <coughs> Is for marriage. When you look at the the love chart, when you look at the love chart, right? At the top of the love chart is marriage, right? So, so that is the purest form of a love relationship, or let me say the highest form of a love relationship. Even though brotherhood is nice, but brotherhood is not the highest form of a love love relationship. Do you see that? I'm just showing you something. Do you agree with me? So we thank God for brotherhood, but that's not the end of of love relationship. But But brotherhood is the first love relationship in the family. There are two levels from brotherhood, praise God, to harm. But you know that before brotherhood, there's actually another one, but you don't, it, it's not in the family, right? It's called, it is, it is, it is servanthood, praise God, yes, yes, it's servanthood. Right, in a sense, there's servanthood. When you say service, service are also in degrees. Do you agree? There are servants who are not brethren, but every brother is a servant. Do you agree? <laughs> there are servants who are not brethren. Every brother is a servant. All the brethren, their main job is to serve the house. There are servants who serve the house, but they they don't share in the blood of the house but they serve the house. But there are those who serve with the blood of the house who are the brethren. They are also servants. Do you agree? The, who is the highest servant of the house is the wife of the house. The wife is the chief servant of the house. That's the highest position of service. I mean, if you agree with me? Uh-huh. So, you see, this household of God, right? The, the household of God um, is, is actually is the world of graduations of love. World of graduations of love. You love at different levels. Then when you've matured and you fulfill a, a certain dimension of love, they raise you up. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? Amen. Now, brotherhood and oh, thank you. Worship your name, Jesus. 
Now, the bond of love in brotherhood is not everlasting. There is a point where love relationship crosses from a non-everlasting place, even though it is it can be perfect. There's a kind of perfection in brotherhood. But brotherhood, do you know why it's not everlasting? Because when you see a house with brothers, after a while, what will happen? <laughs> what did he say? They will move out. So, so I, just, I, I get what I'm saying. The, the, the law, the expectation of brotherhood, or what, what I would actually use the word, the strength of brotherhood. It's strong. When you see real brotherhood, it's really strong. The strength of brotherhood is strong. It's more than um, just a neighbor or an acquaintance or the strength between maybe people who serve the household. It's not as strong as the strength of brotherhood. Why? Because brotherhood, they have, they have the same blood. Yes. It's strong, but it has its limits. So, the strength of brotherhood is not an everlasting strength. Because they are not necessarily, they are not designed. They don't fulfill the law. So if a brother, one of the brothers can get up and go outside and be doing something, he's not breaking a law by doing that. But after a while, they can go and they have their own estate, they have their own businesses, they have their own things they are doing. They are not breaking a law. Do you agree with what I'm trying to say? But when you climb, there's a higher level that, of that relationship, which is above brotherhood, which is relationship of marriage. Marriage is an everlasting relationship. So the bond of love in marriage is with an everlasting strength. An everlasting strength. Do you get what I'm saying? What's everlasting? It means something that you should not turn from, you shouldn't break from, you should not leave. Something that before you leave it, you should cease to exist. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, that was this, that's the institution of marriage. Right? That's a, it's a type. The physical marriage is a type of everlasting life. Oh, could you be don't mind them? I know what you. And there's one sitting beside you, right? Standing beside you. Praise God. Or is it? Or is he Ma or something? Based on is this one? I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. Based on his face, I think that someone is troubling him from behind. Amen.
praise God. Although, why? Why are you doing it? Because, so you feel he has moved into an everlasting. <laughs> you mean he has moved from darkness to light? Or <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. This is the mystery of one. This is the mystery of one. This is the mystery of the Trinity, the three in one. This is the mystery. It's a love bond. It's a love bond. It's an oath love. It's an oath love. It's an oath love. It is an oath love. It's the mystery of one. It is the mystery of one. And it is the mystery. The marriage constitution was the mystery made after the order of Christ and the church. And it's the mystery where you live and you cleave. It's the mystery where you live and you cleave for oneness. I am raising you for one. I am raising you for one. For the brother Gossi, the realm, the realm, the realm of brother. The realm of brother is the realm of perfectness of one. But the realm of oneness is the realm of perfect perfect perfection it's the realm of oneness it's the realm of oneness it's the realm of oneness in spirit oneness in soul and oneness in flesh yes. it is the oneness it is the mystery in us it is the mystery in us it is the mystery in us the mystery of oneness it is the mystery of oneness it is the mystery of oneness and this is the bride this is the bride of the lamb this is the bride of the lamb that will become one flesh with the lamb that will become one with the lamb that will marry the lamb it is the training of marriage it is the training of marriage it is the training of marriage for the mystery of oneness is the mystery of immortality it is the mystery of the eternal rest. it is the mystery of eternal rest. The the mystery of one, the mystery of one, the mystery of one, the mystery of one. For the mystery of one is the mystery of all. It is the mystery of all. It is the mystery of all. It is the dimension of the old in me. It is the dimension of the old in me. For I am raising men that will be one with me. Just as I am one with my father, I am raising you to be one with me. I am raising you to be one with me. For nothing is stronger than my love born of oneness. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Behold me. Behold me. Behold me. I say, behold me. Thank you. You become one with me. You become one with me. I am raising my bride. Those who will be one with me. Those who will be one with me. Those who will be tied to my Lord. Those who will be tied to my Lord. For it's a company of brothers who will become one. Who will become one with me. Who will become one with me. For if you don't perfect brothership, you can't come to one. For it is the training of oneness. It is the training of oneness. I am raising you for to be one with me. I am raising you for to be my lamb. I am raising you for to be the life, the wife of the lamb. I am raising you for to be one with the lamb, the wife of the lamb, the wife of the lamb. Oneness. It is the realm of oneness. It is the realm of oneness. As I do the work of my father, because I see him do, you will do my work as yes. my bride, because you will see me do. It Thank is you. the mystery of oneness. Yes. There is no separation. Yes. It is the working of oneness. Yes. It is my love oath. It is my mm. love oath. Oh, it is my love oath. It is my love oath. It is the realm of my love oath. It is the realm of oath. It is the realm of oneness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, let's go there. Ephesians 5. Thank you, Jesus. Christa my carlo, sai. Kamash, first. Faran alprost, Christ. Clear adjo, shamana kai alprost. Christia, tapalama, orpen, fet, or cresto. Crimin colfus, calprions coffers. Copria to coffers, Caprian, Stopren, Alpera, Aprestol, Crona, Afrana, Oscos, Aspern, Apreont, Amprestio, Taprata, Parcata, Plata, Susta, Protape, Potapapa, Yes. 
For the mystery, the mystery, the mystery of marriage. The mystery of marriage, the mystery of marriage. The mystery of marriage is not a mystery that is comprehensible to the natural man. It is not a mystery that is comprehensible to the natural man. For it is how you become one. It is how you become one. It is how you become one. It is the mystery in us. It is the mystery in us. It is the mystery in us. It is the mystery of the goddess. It is the mystery of the goddess for to raise one, for to raise one, for to raise one in many, for to raise one in many, for to raise one in many, for to raise one in many. It is the mystery in us. It is the working of us in you. It is the working of us in you for to raise one. For to raise one, for to raise one, for to raise one. I'm raising our kind, our kind that will marry us, the kind that will marry Allah, the kind that can marry the Lamb, the kind that can marry the Lamb. For we have to put ours in you. We have to pour ours in you. We have to put us in you. We have to put us in you. For we are putting us in you. We are putting us in you. We are putting us in you. For many things you've been married to, but you will be lifted above them for to marry one. For you will come into oneness. Into oneness, into oneness, for we are raising our kind. 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 As you begin to consider us, you begin to come like us. You begin to come like us. You've considered a lot of things. Now it's time to consider us. It's time to fall in love, for we are raising one. We are raising our kind. We are putting ours in you. We are putting the properties of us in you. We are putting the properties of us in you. Even the properties of faith, the properties of hope, and the properties of charity are dimensions in us for to come into our realm. For they will perfect the dimensions of faith and of hope and of charity that you may come into perfect love. That Amen. you may come into perfect love. Amen. That you come into perfect love. Amen. For that is the realm of the Trinity. Amen. It is the realm of oneness. Thank it you. is the realm of many but Thank one. You. It is the realm of Thank many you. but one. It is the realm of oneness. Oh, I am raising one. Oh, I am raising the, the generation oh, of one. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you. Let's see Ephesians chapter 5. Glory. Cablados. Crush the paddle. Cabellodios. Christiata. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, praise God, Um, this chapter of Ephesians, Mm 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't choose your carnal realm. Don't choose your natural realm to judge this realm. Don't com- you can't comprehend it. You can't comprehend this realm. It is a I realm. It is a I realm. It is a I realm. It is an elevated realm. It is beyond man. It is beyond man. It is beyond man. It is beyond man. It is the realm for the realm of the newest of men. For the newest of men. For the men at the crown of Christ. At the crown of Christ. Don't comprehend it with your natural realm. For we would help you. We would help you. And we would elevate you. We would elevate you. But don't use the present to judge this. It is not a thing of the present. It is not a thing of the present. It is a thing from before the before the before of the beginning. It is a thing of us. It is a thing of us. It is our thing. It is our thing. It is our thing. But we would elevate you to that realm. We would elevate you to that realm. Don't judge it with your natural sense. Don't judge it with the carnal realm. For it's incomprehensible to you. It's incomprehensible. But we would raise you and raise you to where you would understand. To where you would come into that fellowship of love. Into that dimension of love. Don't judge it. It can be comprehensible to natural man. But it's a thing of not this present. It's a thing of the world to come. It's the things of the dimensions to come. It's the things of the love of God. It's the things of God. Of God. Of God. Of my God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Worship your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. <clears throat> Amen. Father, we thank you. We give you thanks tonight. Uh, thank you. Um, the Lord, I believe there are things going on there. there um, there's release of spirit for breakthroughs. Um, release of spirit for breakthroughs for us. Um, I've seen not just breakthrough in understanding, but also breakthrough of breaking through strongholds within our hearts that has prevented the arrival at this place, this at this place, at this gate, things that have prevented our soul moving into arrival at this place, at this junction. That is the, will be a time, this will be a time where grace will begin to come for perfection. Grace to, it's a time where the Lord wants to supply energy to perfect things that are lacking. You know how they spoke about perfecting those things that are lacking in your faith, that there are things that are lacking because of the, their strength the strength of how they have been, the, the walking, what they were walked out within or they were walked into us in our depths. But the, there is release of spirit and release of strength that will travel into... There are some of us who you just find yourself, you're just beginning to change to another person. Amen. If you'll be willing to just let it go, that you find a, a grace, a mercy, something is coming to alter you. you. You will sense it from within, something approaching you to alter you. And you just, I'm just letting you know beforehand, just let it, allow it. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. You see, you see new ways of being will begin to manifest to you. You begin to see new ways of being new ways of being, new ways of living, new ways of being, new ways of living by mercy. Father, we thank you. We, we receive. Receive you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. The Lord said, I've heard you. I have heard. I heard. I've heard. I am hearing. And I've been hearing. I have been hearing. I'm, and I'm hearing. I've been hearing. I have brought forth more help to receive that which you have been asking for. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Let's see. We are we're, we're short of time, but let's let's have a look at um, this Ephesians chapter five. Praise the Lord. So this Ephesians five is a is an interesting chapter. When I'm, I'm seeing the um, I'm seeing the organization of the wisdom in the chapter, um, what Paul was saying to the Ephesians here. So at first, Paul started with conversation of Christ. He is meeting them. You find that very common with, the, with Paul's writings. Right? They are different from John's writing in the sense that it's not that Paul doesn't talk about God or he doesn't talk at all about God's life, everlasting life. No, it's just that there's a way he does it. Before he, he gets there, he journeys from a place first. Right? Sometimes Paul can even go to the basics. Paul can go to milk level of things and then he will begin to build it up. So when you are checking his conversation, towards the end, he will bring the con- he will show you where it's going to, which is God. So if a lot of time, many chapters of Paul's writings, you see the same pattern. It's a wisdom. But John is different. John can just, that which you have heard from the beginning, which you have seen, you just praise God because they have, he, he found freedom. John had, he, he had the authority to, the authority to speak expressly about the realm of God, about the, the world, the things of God. Praise the Lord. But, but Paul, the was building it up. But the major work Paul did was in the realm of Christ. So when he touched God, a lot of times he, 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 the way he moves into the conversation of God. So you have to see the wisdom in Paul's writing to be able to, to, to find where his thought connects the thoughts of John, which is very, very key. Praise God. Um, in this chapter, for example, he begins with talking about the love that is in Christ, right? Which is not the same as maybe of, as the everlasting love, right? Or what you call maybe the Father's love. It's not the same. It's, it's actually the love that is in Christ. Now he was speaking about this love in Christ to the Ephesians. It wasn't even because they had come into that place. Because the Ephesians, there were still some things that were, that were mentioned among them in their part of their conversation that doesn't fulfill the love standard in Christ. And Paul dealt with some of those things in this chapter. Praise God. Um, so do, do I say this chapter? I say this chapter as Paul wanting to land in a thought. But Paul having to mention all the things that are in your way, all the things that are in the way, of coming into the perfect thought which God wants you to come into. From verse 1, he's saying that, it says, be ye therefore followers of God as, as their children, right? Be ye followers of God. When they say followers of God, this is not saying start following God. You have to understand that. Because he's speaking to them as, he's talking of following him as their children. He's talking about the childhood kind of phase. So, what he's saying is it's almost like a, it's a followership, but it's a blind followership. 
In other words, you follow him with the provision he has given for following him, but without knowing the things, the, his matters, his real issue. So that, that's how you follow him as their children. Praise God. So when he said their children here, he's talking about you are following him within the, within the, the, within the provision he has given through which children should be born unto him first before they are trained, right, to actually participate in his thought and his understanding. Amen. So, and then verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also had loved us. So, he's not talking about the love of God. We're talking about the love of Christ, right? Walk in love as Christ also had loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a smelling sorrow, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness. Let it not once be once named among you has become a sense. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather of what? Giving. For this you know, that no whoremonger, or not unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ, and of God. So those are two kingdoms. Are you saying that anybody who has these things has no inheritance in any of these two kingdoms? Right? The kingdom of Christ first and then the kingdom of God. Those are the kingdoms of inheritances. Those are the, 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 the domains in the spirit that they've called soul to. You inherit one first before you inherit the other. So he's telling you that people who are still dealing with all these things, who refuse to let these things go, Right, they will not be able to come into any reasonable inheritance. Praise the Lord. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. This, this thing called light in the Lord is not the true light. Right? It's it's a qualification, right? They qualified this light. It's called of talk. It's a light in the Lord. Pray. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? So when, it, when you're talking about light in the Lord, the light in the Lord is talking about the light that illuminates the realm of sanctuary, the sanctuary realm, which is the realm of service, right? So that realm is where, of course, that, that those lights are, uh, the scripture ties those lights there to the spirits of the Lord, right? So the, the spirit of lordship, the seventh spirit, for example, right? And the spirit of the Lord, right, is the combination of the seven spirits. Are you getting what I'm saying? Which is the, which is the combination of what you call light in Christ. Light in Christ. Or what you call light in the Lord. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So he says, but ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Then walk as children of light. So walk as, as what does it mean children? The product of this light. You have to walk as the product of what? Of this light. Because light. Light. Say light. Light.
he said, thou will show me the parts of life. For, for in your light, we see light. So he's talking about the parts of life. That will show me the parts of life. He show me that word part. He's talking about journey, graduation, right? The parts of life. You show me the parts of life. Why? Because, because in your light, then we'll see light. So there's something called light that will make you see light. So we're talking about the degrees of what light. Are you seeing that? So now in which, in which whose light will do you see light? In whose light? The light of who? Christ. You will see the light of God, which is the true light. That the true light is the, that's the real light, but you need a light first. So when you prosper in a light, the reason for prospering in this in the first light is so that the sign that you have prospered in the first light is when you graduate into the other light. You have journeyed with the first light. Praise God. Then you enter into the other light. That's the sign of... You know, you know when, when the Lord created in the book of Genesis? He said he created two great lights. Right? Say so one is to rule the day. One is to rule the night. So are you getting what I'm saying? One of the, the greater light to rule by day. The lesser light to rule by night. So... The one that rules by night is the light of the night season. The other one is the light when the day dawns and the day star rises. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that sun, the difference between sun and moon, sun is a type of an everlasting light. Why is it everlasting? Because you know that the moon gets its light from the sun. The moon doesn't really, really have a light. But when you really check it, there's one light that is lasting. It's just the universe has only one light. I mean, our own, when I say universe, not, not universe, I mean our own, um, what do you call it? Our own system, our own solar system, it has one light. So, so when, at night, when you see the moon is coming out, the other light is still, is the other light that's still giving you light. Is that because that's an everlasting light. The sun is a type of an everlasting light. But, they, but it doesn't always shine directly in every season. Yeah. It is, the day must dawn for you to see yeah. its direct shining. But there's a night season before the day. You know how they classify day from the evening? It's not, it doesn't start from when the, the sun shines. He said the evening and the morning was the first day. So, so when you really talk of the calibration of days, really it's not day and then night. It's actually evening. Then when you say evening and the morning, it means you move through the night. When you move through the night, from, you start from evening when it's about to move into the night. Then a day is moving through the night until the day dawns. Then a day has happened. That's really how it is. But the way we see it is because it's from morning to night. But that's not the way the, the, the scripture 
spoke about the day, how they demarcated the days. Check it in Genesis. The evening and the morning was the first day. The evening and the morning was the second day. Are you getting what I'm saying? Which you do as the light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns. Are you seeing the same order you saw in, in Peter as well? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you show me the parts of life. So those lights are the lights that of the illumination of the parts of life. Part life have past parts. Amen. And we've seen we've seen the difference between way and then the highway. Right? The light for the way is not the same light for a highway. Right? You can John you can move in a way with a little light, with a fire light. But when you want to move on the highway. Praise God, you need another kind of light that can carry that amount, that kind of movement. I don't, I'm just showing you from Scripture this concept. It's one concept, but you see it through different ways in Scripture. So it's very clear that people who have, who have mature for God are people who have not just, who have moved from, who through light have seen light. They're actually graduates of not a small light or a light in the darkness, but they are graduates of the light of the day of God. The people who are, who are candidates of this thing we're talking about, marriage. Another example is, remember when the man-child came forth in Revelation chapter 12? You saw that they, they showed something, that the, the man-child could come because of his, his, his coming forth was a product of seasons of light around the church. Do you get that? That the church has graduated from one light and entered another light. The light, the light she graduated was the moon. The moon was under her feet. Do you remember that? But she was clothed with the sun. So it means that at that point, the light that she was wearing was what? The everlasting light. That's what they're trying to say. Now what they're trying to say is that the season when the church will give birth to that child is the season when the church has put on everlasting light. Because it's that light that she wears around her that is, that is bringing about the development of the child in her womb. Am I correct? Revelation chapter 12 showed me a wonder, when he showed the wonder in heaven, right? A woman clothed with the sun and the word the moon on her feet. So she has graduated from one light and come into what? The, the greater light. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. So, so this first light here, it says, when it says verse 8, for you are sometimes darkness, but now are you children, now are you light in the Lord, then walk as children of light. In, then verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto what? The Lord. And now, so he's talking about acceptability unto the Lord. You are seeing that this is talking about acceptance in Christ. Right? He's actually speaking about coming into the acceptable year of the Lord. Praise God. So to prove, so what proof the fruit of the Spirit the word fruit of the Spirit here is not just fruit of the Holy Ghost. 
right? The fruit of the spirit, which we are there, is, is the fruit of the spirit in all goodness and righteousness and truth. The fruit of the spirit that is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. That proves, that what proves means the fruit that is born as a proof of what is acceptable, of the state that is acceptable to the Lord. So it's very clear this fruit is the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Do you agree with me? So he's talking about that realm of Christ, that realm of perfection in Christ. He's really, really detailing um, to them because they are falling short of things pertaining to that perfection. And he's joining somewhere. He wants to talk about something higher. But he's saying, that, look, you guys are lacking in some things here. And without these things, you are still toiling with, they were still playing and wasting time. And they have refused to come into the light of the Lord. So they are not fulfilled. Now it's very clear that what that charity is a product of the light of the Lord. Right? Charity is what? A product of the light of the Lord. And then the true light is a consequence of charity. Do you agree? So for these guys, he's telling them that that light. You have, so you will say you are still having fellowship. You should have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. So these unfruitful works of darkness are works that are outside the light of Christ. That when you are still having fellowship with this light, you will never bear the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Now, what is that peaceable fruit of righteousness? How does it manifest? The peaceable fruit of righteousness manifests as love for your brethren. If you want to summarize what is, ah, this person has the peaceable fruit of righteousness. The, the righteousness that makes peace, the fruit that makes peace. What is the fruit that makes peace? It's the love for what? It's very clear now why the love for the brethren would be the, would be the criteria for opening up the light of God. Is because that is what makes peace. Peace must be made for God's light to shine. To cross from the, 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 the smaller light to the greater light, peace must have been made. There's an operation of peace. That must have something, peace must have been wrought. The soul must have become a, what, a peacemaker on the inside. And what, what signifies you've made peace is the fruit that that light, the light of Christ, will what, produce and generate. It is very, very clear what Paul is saying here. Amen. Now, if you just read this chapter on his own, you might be seeing all kinds of things. But by God's word, I'm seeing the thought, the, 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 the central theme, what Paul is trying to, to say here. And it's, it's very, very key because... Paul doesn't make that mistake, and that is, his, that is his mission as an apostle. His mission as an apostle is to make all the case for the essentiality of the formation of Christ. 
That's why he doesn't speak about God in a vacuum. Because his apostleship is to establish the nature of Christ. So even when he speaks about God, he wants journey there. He must, he must show it. He must, he's showing it as a promise. Look, this is where you, what you are going to achieve or what you are going to get to if you are faithful with Christ. If you learn Christ and do Christ until you become fruitful with Christ. So he paints God as, as a promise that comes at the end of what they rewarded Christ with. Praise God. Are we blessed today? Amen. Now, let's see something. Verse, verse, verse 12, or it's, it's a shame to, even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Verse 13. But all things that are reproved, that word reproved means exposed, right? All things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. He's telling you that light is what exposes. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of the message, right? That everything that is exposed, what he's just trying to say is that when you find, for, you, for you to see something, for something to be made exposed to you, to be made visible to you, is by a function of light. So, you cannot seek any kind of illumination, or more so, you cannot seek inheritance without illumination or without light. It is light that unveils the inheritance, that makes it seem for you to inherit. That's what Jesus told to Paul, to preach forgiveness of sin. And what? That you might, they might receive an inheritance among them that are sanctified by what? Faith that is in me. Now those who are sanctified, the inheritance among these, those that are sanctified, those that are sanctified by faith in me are those who he he refers to as the saints in light. Praise God. That you may be partakers of what? Inheritance of the word saints. Where is that? Colossians chapter, chapter 1. Praise the Lord. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and then translated us into the kingdom of what? His dear son. And what? Who has made us meet to be partakers? Praise God. Is it very, very clear to you? He spoke about Jesus. He said that he abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. What's the meaning of that? So, two things, life and then immortality. So, you see, those two things are the summation of the inheritance. Do you agree? They are the inheritance of the two kingdoms. The inheritance of the kingdom of Christ is life. The inheritance of the kingdom of God is immortality. And the work of Jesus, what he came to do, when he said, I'm the light of the world, he came to do, is actually 
two lights, two streams or two beams of light. One lesser, one greater. So it means that life and immortality, they both must be brought to light. What does it mean to bring, to bring life and immortality to light? Make them sin. If they don't make them sin, they can never be heard. They can never be received. But you now see that when, you talk, talk, when you're talking about this, now that immortality one, even both of them actually, when you're talking about bringing those things to light, it's more than just I had one revelation yes, about them. They're not telling you that there is actually a statue called charity. It's actually charity that brings immortality to light. You cannot see that realm without the eyes of charity. Only the light of charity can read God. Praise the Lord. So he says, I have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, verse 11, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things that are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and then arise from the dead, and then Christ shall give thee what? Light. Are you seeing what Christ does? So talking about the light that Christ gives. Thou that sleepest, awake from your word, arise from the dead, and then Christ shall the word give the light. See then that you walk circumspectly as fools, but not but what? As wise, not as fools. You walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. That word circumspectly. That word actually, walking circumspectly, means walking in the light. If you want to break it down, praise if you want to derive it, let's say, let's travel back to maybe the Latin or whatever, where it's brought from. Right? You say, walk circumspectly. So, walk within the, the confinement of the circumstances which light sheds for you. That word, Spectly, has to do with, I spec, has to do with lies. Spectator. Spectacle. To inspect. Spect, that word is, has to do with from, it's derived from the word light. Light. So, walk circumspectly means walk with light. Walk with light. Walk with light. Walk with light. Like I said it before, you should walk as children of light in verse 8. Are you understand what I'm saying? So, like, I think we, we, we've been talking about light and love. We saw that, we saw one of the first things we saw from John is that this John is actually revealing two great things, light and love. You know, we saw that before. We established that. Why? Because this love cannot, you cannot cite it outside of light. So, those who arrive at the love of God, which is in Christ, are people who have mastered walking in light. Master. And the, the, the proof of your walk in light, the first proof of your walk in light is when charity emerges. Yeah. Right? Everybody who has that thing called the love of the brethren or charity, that person has a proof that 
they've walked in light. Nobody can attain that stature without walking in light. So God sent Christ to teach the soul, culture the soul how to walk in light, not to walk in darkness. Praise the Lord. To see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, when you walk circumspectly, then you will redeem the time. Praise God. And redeeming the time is necessary because of the evil of the days. You have to trace this back to Romans chapter 6, where Jesus was giving and was teaching about, Jesus was teaching about light as being almost like light as being the opposite provision or force against evil. That was the wisdom of what Jesus was saying in that, um, sorry, Matthew chapter 6. Praise God. If your eyes be single, your body will be full of light. If your eyes be evil. So it means that the, the light of the body is the eyes. So the light is the eyes. If that light is, how that eyes is, if it's good, which is a single eyes, your body will be full of light. But if the eye is evil, what is an evil eye? An evil eye is an eye that cannot sift, cannot sift out, filter out the evil from the day. Because later on in that chapter, I said sufficient for the day is the evil, evil thereof. So the purpose of light is to see the day. You cannot see, you just, if you don't have light, they didn't give you light, you don't, you've not found light, you just be living every day. As you're living every day, your soul is accumulating evil. Your soul is gathering evil. Evil. You cannot escape it. You're not going out looking for evil, but it's just coming. It's just there because it take, only, only light can, can make a person safe from what? From evil. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So that thing called redeeming the time just simply means being able to use and walk in the day and escape the evil thereof. When you can escape the evil thereof, then you are redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. The redemption of time is the application of time towards the purpose of redemption. So most men on the earth are not using time. They are using time wrongly that most men on the earth, their time, when it's at, as they're applying time to their soul, time is bringing about the accumulation of evil. Yeah. And the power, that is a great machinery. You don't know, we were talking about that on, about the world and, uh, on Saturday, that that's what the world is meant for. The world is meant to make sure that as men are living every day, day is coming, day is coming, day is coming, day is coming, they're accumulating evil. So you cannot stop that machine. It's a machine that you don't know how to stop it. You can say, I'm not going out today. Where you are, evil find you. It's hard for a man to be alive and time is passing without his soul accumulating evil. Someone has done an evil work. So the only thing that can break that cycle, a light must come. So someone must be able to walk circumspectly. Once the light Ah, okay. So we now saw that Christ 
is the light against the world, against the power of evil. The world publishes evil to souls until the light of Christ comes to break that. And when the light of Christ comes, the person begins to learn to walk in the light. Training, Christ is where the train of walking in light. In other words, learn to walk, live in the day, but be fetching another side to live. That's the purpose of the train of Christ. Be able to walk in the day with another light. After a while, you become a master of light. And the proof you've mastered light is you can what? Love your brethren. Praise God. Verse 17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what? What the will of the Lord is. I think because of time, we have to stop here today. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Jesus said, he said, he that followed me will not walk in darkness, right? But will have the, the light of life. You will have the light of life. You won't walk in darkness, but you have what? The light of life. That's what we need, the light of life. The light, the illumination on how to live. Praise God. How many of us are ready for, to walk in light here? It's a time of emphasis on, on walking. Translating what you are seeing into a walk. That's what walking in light means. Interpret the Christ light that you have. Translate it into a walk. You will remove, you will delete evil from your days. You will remove evil from your days.
Thank you today. We give you praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we ask, Lord, for mercy. We ask for mercy. Father, I pray, let your mercy come. Let it 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 come. We want to come into this blessing by mercy. Mercy. Father, I pray for every soul, every person under the sound of my voice. Have mercy on us. I ask for mercy. 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 Mercy, that which only mercy can do. When everything has failed, mercy arrives. Let mercy arrive. Let mercy come. Mercy, my mercy. Then all from Al Kaihes, then is the priest, Al Fai Galomini Gaila, Al Sai Haba. Have mercy. mercy on hearts. Mercy on hearts. Hearts are hearts. Will. Will it. Will to have mercy. She said, You will have mercy on Who you will have mercy. Have mercy on us, Father. We pray. I pray. I pray, my Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I beseech and I ask for your mercy. For your mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Bring us, Lord. Bring us, Lord. 
Bring us, Lord. Bring us, Lord. Bring us, Lord. Bring us, Lord. Bring us in. Bring us in. Bring us in. Bring us in. Into the communication. The communication. Into the conversation of this light. I ask weak feet that are weak be strengthened. Oh, the weak feet. Limbs that are weak. That have not been walking in light. I ask God mercy. Mercy. Strength to walk in light. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we pray that nothing will stop this fresh season of your light. That all that needs to be perfected in us to gain access to this wonderful light, to this greater light, I ask you will rot it on the inside of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you for great seasons of prosperity ahead. Father, seasons of great transformation and of great change. Thank you, my God. Well, those who are saying, oh, I'm so weak concerning this, Lord, let your strength be perfected. May it be known among us that it's not of him that will it, nor of him that run it, but it is of you that showeth mercy. Help us, Father. Thank you. Thank you. We look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus, even unto eternal life. The same Jesus, the mercy which he found upon the earth that brought him into this place. Let that mercy visit us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory tonight. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for